Welcome to the Discipleship DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Brian LaCroix, and I invite you to join me as we seek to follow Jesus more fully and reflect him more accurately to the people around us in our everyday living. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Discipleship DNA Podcast. Today, we start a multi-episode series on following Jesus in an election cycle. I'm pretty excited about this series because it's going to let me speak on some things that I believe are incredibly important, especially for people who claim to love and follow Jesus. And the reason this is so important is because the Apostle Paul tells us to not conform to the patterns of this world, but rather to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can discern the will of God and act on it. In other words, Christians are supposed to act differently than people who don't claim to follow Jesus. Now, probably everyone listening to this knows of people who claim to be Christians but seem to be driven by personal agendas more than by serving people or whose personal lives contradict the holiness that they spout with their mouths. Neither of these reflect Jesus well, nor do they bring honor to him. So it's my belief that Christians with integrity need to be involved at every level, and that's what we're going to talk about today. This episode is entitled, Be Involved? Yep. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at things like being truthful, being prayerful, being understanding of how other people came to their political persuasions, being gracious, and other things. If you'd like to suggest something to discuss during the series, shoot me an email at brian.lacroix at discipleshipdna.com and put podcast episode suggestion in the subject so I can see that that's what you want to talk about. As I mentioned, today I want to talk about the fact that Christians need to be involved in politics. Now, some would say Christians should not be involved because religion and politics should never mix. But let me give you two reasons why I think that is not the case. First, a Christian is supposed to turn over every area of his or her life to Jesus so that Jesus can run the whole show of a person's life. We don't just segment our lives out and Jesus gets a portion of that. Jesus is our life. Jesus is the center of a Christian's life. So you cannot separate political involvement just because it makes people uncomfortable. Having Christ as the center of life gives Christians a moral center outside of themselves from which to make decisions regarding every area of life, including how to come to conclusions on who to vote for and how to vote on issues. Now, I think pretty much everyone votes from a moral center of some kind, and asking people of faith, including Christians, to not do so is unfair and unrealistic. Second, people of religious and especially Christian conviction have been at the root of much of the betterment of Western civilization. Now, I know some people claiming to be Christians have also done terrible things in the name of Jesus and religion. I get that, and there's no excusing it. But let me give you a couple of examples of the better way. William Wilberforce was a member of Parliament in England during the latter parts of the 18th and early 19th centuries. Wilberforce worked tirelessly to end the slave trade in England, and he brought his legislation to Parliament every year for almost 30 years before it passed. Wilberforce's Christian convictions were the foundation of his wanting the slave trade banned, and he finally brought it to bear. The second example will be a little more familiar to us, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Now, surely you would not say that he should have kept quiet about equal rights, just because he was a Christian and a Baptist minister, would you? Well, the cry I hear a lot is that religion has no place in politics or in discussing political issues. The problem with that is that most political issues are moral issues at their base. 
For instance, slavery in America was a political issue for sure. But if it wasn't for the involvement of God-fearing Christians, that institution would have lasted much longer. For Christians, slavery was a moral issue and they needed to be involved. Was Dr. King wrong to get involved in the political issue of civil rights? Of course not. Because for him and countless others, civil rights was a moral issue, not just a political one. And that necessitated him getting involved to the point that it cost him and others their very lives. A number of years ago, I was interviewed on National Public Radio uh, about how pastors talk to their congregations about political issues. And my closing point was that when moral issues enter the political arena, Christians need to step into that arena. And I still believe that. The bottom line here, folks, is that Christians need to be involved in politics at every level. So let's look very briefly at five ways for that to happen. Five ways to be involved and make an impact. The first way to be involved is to let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. Now, obviously, there are lots of ways to do that, especially nowadays between mass media, social media, and other ways, including that old good old tried and true station wagon driving through town with a big speaker on the roof and someone telling the people to vote for Honest Bob Smith or whoever. Well, I want to point out just three ways today as we talk about this issue of having your voice heard. The first one is social media. Now, is that a surprise to anyone? Where else can you go where a bajillion people will read what you have to say and you can get an instant reaction to it? Every one of us sees how different people use social media to promote candidates, positions, or issues, for better or for worse. And the thing is, it works. The message of candidates and causes gets seen by millions and millions of people, and even targeted political ads get huge numbers of looks and clicks, right? Now, I'm going to talk more about this next week, but please, 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 for the sake of all that is holy, be intelligent about it. Posting only reliable stuff that can be verified, telling people what your opinion is based on, and avoiding just the repetition of the party line of whatever cause or candidate you're promoting. And if the only way you can express yourself politically on social media is through memes, then maybe you shouldn't be posting political stuff, you know? And I'm not opposed to memes, even political ones. But most issues are way more complex than a meme communicates, okay? So there's no denying that social media is a powerful tool. Use it wisely. A second way to make your voice heard is letters to the editor. There's no question that newspaper readership is down, but it's still a powerful tool that many read and write to. And as more and more newspapers make their editions available online, you still have an opportunity to make your voice heard this way. Now, I've written numerous letters to the editor over the years, and I know people have read them because I've gotten responses in numerous ways. Some good, some not so great. But you know what? That's just the way it is. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about that for just a moment. First, if you're going to write a letter to the editor, keep it brief and to the point. Our local paper has a 300-word limit. Now, and this is not a place for your political manifesto. It's a letter Talk about one thing or candidate at a time. You can always write more letters, although some papers limit letters to one every 30 days or so from any one person or group. Then, don't spend the whole letter complaining. If you're expressing a concern, offer a solution or at least the willingness to find one. And if you're going to quote scripture, make sure you use it correctly for crying out loud. Scripture taken out of context can say anything you want it to, so make sure that that passage actually says what you claim it does in its proper context. 
Also, just quoting a verse without any explanation is pointless. Scripture is powerful when it's used correctly. When it's used incorrectly, it makes the writer look like an ignorant fool and it gives credence to the falsehood that people of faith are not intelligent or rational. And please don't talk about how your candidate is God's candidate. You simply don't know that. And it's very likely that there are plenty of others who believe their candidate is God's candidate and can back it up just as loudly as you can. The third way I want to talk about to getting your voice heard is calling talk radio. Now, we all know that there are plenty of talk shows around, both locally and nationally, that take calls from their listeners. But the vast majority of the callers agree with the host of their show. Have you noticed that? I'm sure you have. Well, I would suggest calling a show hosted by someone you don't agree with. But if you do that, keep some things in mind. First of all, make sure you've got your ducks in a row and that your point uh, and your supporting arguments are rational and reasonable. Because if they're not, the host is going to eat you for lunch, and rightly so. You can't just call a show and start spewing oppositional rhetoric unless you literally want to be laughed at on the air and then cut off. But if you call and you sound like you actually know what you're talking about and can discuss why you believe the way you do and how you came to that position or that candidate, you're much more likely to be heard and respected even if they never agree with you. So if you're going to call a talk show, be ready, be prepared, and be rational, okay? So those are three ways to make your voice heard. And so there are other ways too, but make your voice heard, but be responsible and gracious in how you do it. Now, a second way to be involved in an election cycle is to volunteer for a campaign. Volunteer for a campaign. And there are lots of ways to do that. I'm not going to spend more than a couple of seconds on this one. You can volunteer to hand out literature, point, uh, put out yard signs, write letters on behalf of the candidate or the issue. You can use social media, but just remember what we talked about before. You can help raise money or organize and help at events, all sorts of things on behalf of your candidate or issue that you are wanting to be part of. So just contact that local office and see what they have for you to do. These candidates and these issues need people on the ground doing literal legwork, among other things. So if you want to be involved, a great way to do that is to volunteer for a campaign for a candidate or an issue. A third way to become involved in elections and to follow Jesus during an election cycle is to become a candidate. Yes, become a candidate. Please consider this as a great way to serve your city, your county, your state, nation, school board, whatever. Now, speaking as a conservative Christian, I think we absolutely need more people who love and follow Jesus in our government. Now, why do I say that? So we can continually fight the culture wars and win the country back for Jesus? Uh, no. Now, I'm not going to get into all that now. And if you want me to discuss that on a few future episode, you let me know. The reason I want more Christians in government is because it's a great avenue to show that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that a relationship with Jesus makes you a better servant, because one of the ways we display our love for God is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Also, Christians who love and follow Jesus are called to the highest levels of integrity, which means that greed and hanging on to political power should play no part in that person's candidacy and government service. Christians who are elected officials have a huge platform to display not only their love for God, but also to use their power for the betterment of those they serve. And this also means that their campaigns will be honorable, 
above board and spend more energy on why they should serve rather than why the other person, person shouldn't. And they should focus on issues more than candidates. At least for me, that means a whole lot more than digging up stuff about the other guy. And lastly, to be involved and to follow Jesus during an election cycle, you should vote. You should vote. That is the right of every American citizen age 18 and over. Now, I know there are lots of people who say your vote doesn't count or that the electoral college is skewed or this or that, and I'm not going to argue any of that today. My point is that if you cast a ballot, you are participating in a way that counts more than all those other ways combined. And it's my opinion, and this is just my opinion, that if you don't vote, you really have no credibility when it comes to the other ways of getting involved. If you're not voting... I don't think you should be writing letters to the editor or posting political stuff on Facebook or anything else like that. Because if you're not voting, then the other stuff is pretty much just, well, whining, in my opinion. Now, you might disagree with that, and guess what? That's okay. Because one of the other great things about our system is that it's okay to disagree and to actually voice that disagreement. But I hope that in our disagreement, and especially disagreement between people who claim to love and follow Jesus, that we show ourselves to be mature and able to have civil discourse instead of the harsh rhetoric that marks most political commentary today and is so loud. Folks, one of the ways we can follow Jesus in an election cycle is to be involved. And I hope you'll do that as you look over these four ways that we talked about today. And if you think of other ways, that's great. But get involved. We need people who love Jesus to be involved in the political process. Next week's episode is entitled, Be Truthful. And we're going to talk about having integrity in what you say, write, or post during an election cycle. So please tune in for that. In the meantime, be safe out there. This virus thing isn't over by a long shot, and no matter how you feel about things like wearing masks and eating out or going to sporting events, all of which I love to do, the lives you risk aren't just your own. So please be considerate of those in your circle. God bless. We'll see you next week. The Discipleship DNA Podcast is part of Discipleship DNA LLC, which exists to help churches kickstart a culture that mobilizes the people in the congregation to follow up and establish new believers in Jesus. To learn more about what this can do for your church, please go to www.discipleshipdna.com. I invite you to reach out to me with your comments and questions. You can reach me at brian.lacroix at discipleshipdna.com. If you do contact me, please indicate podcast as part of the subject line so I can be sure to take note that you're responding to something you've heard. Take care and God bless.